Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired access. Welcome to Wired Access Podcast, where I'm your host, DJ K Dub Omaha. This is a Herd App production. And if you like this episode or any other, make sure to hit that subscribe down below. It's super easy. Also, don't be afraid to share. If you have an athlete or someone that has an athlete that might get a little message out of any of the episodes that we do. But today to my left, I have Ania Jones, part of Omaha Central High School basketball team, but also has made that next step level decision going to Bradley University. And to her left is Coach Hepburn, who is a part of the Nebraska elite, who has helped her in many ways, Nebraska Hoops elite. And also is just a guy who is making sure to give back to this area more than people know. And what I mean by that is everybody's like, oh, we got Chucky out here. We got Chucky. But dad's still planting back at home and enjoying his sons and the roots going out. Because obviously Trey is now playing again. That means the Hepburn household is good. But we're here to talk about your story, Miss Jones. Ania, what is it like to remember when you first started picking up that basketball? It's crazy because I never thought I would take it serious. Like, playing sports was just something to do at one point. I played football. I thought I was going to the NFL, for being honest. But when I started, <laughs> like, that's a fact. But no, when I started, it was just fun. Like, I didn't really start taking it serious till probably, like, middle school. So when you think of when you first picked it up, you're picking it up because it's it's in the blood. You like it. You got it. Football. What drove you to like football? Having brothers, <laughs> a big brother and a dad, and they put me out there. So it's funny. My I asked my dad first, right? He said, "No, you're not playing tackle football." So I go ask my mom. She like, "Yeah, go ahead." So I played football for three, four years, and it was just something. Who'd to do. you play that through? The Boys and Girls Club. Okay, mm-hmm. I only say it because I I used to coach the junior Mavs, and and one of our first females that I remember was one of the Cottons back in the day. Mm-hmm. She played wide receiver, and man, just watching her just glide down the field now. The boys, they look for that hit. What was that first hit? What was the what was it like to go up against some of the fellas that you remember back when you played football? Oh, it was crazy because I couldn't take a hit for nothing. So <laughs> I get hit, I'm laying on the floor for an extra five minutes. <laughs> but then when it was my turn to hit, I wasn't playing fair. So it was just something to do, you know? So now we go to your basketball love. What is your first memory of when you first started actually loving the game of basketball? You said it came about eighth mm-hmm. in middle school. And obviously... From what I know about you in middle school is I know you also got invited to some big camp in eighth grade. You started getting some promotion around here and some realization that Miss Jones ain't here to play around. What was that like? No, that's all it took. When I got invited to that camp, like, at first I was like, oh, this is camp. It's another camp. And then I start people messaging my parents, like, let's do this. Let's do that. We're like, well, so we go down there. And I was nervous. Like, my dad would tell you this story to this day. I came down there with a mouthpiece and a long sleeping pressure shirt. That's not even me. 
So I go down there and I'm playing. And my first game, I did horrible. My dad pulled me to the side. He broke me down to tears. He didn't yell at me. He just told me, like, this ain't your game. Do what you did to get here. I handled business, and it was just up from there. Coach Hepburn, obviously, you've seen kids go through these extra camps during the NCAA, these extra camps in the offseason. What is it like to know some of the kids here putting in the work but also you're seeing their development just grow when they get that opportunity to shine. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I want to kind of circle back and just kind of pay homage to, you know, the people that actually went through that developmental process with I needed because, you know, Coach Latrell, Coach uh, Rochelle Tucker, Coach uh, Kelvin Crandall, you know, and everyone else that's part of the NHE on the girls' side of sports, you know, they have really set the foundation you know, for her game and her development, you know, I, t- I, I joke about it and I'm just, you know, con- kind of some detail. I'm just kind of like the armor all on the tires, you know, uh, the polisher. I like to say. that's it. That's <laughs> it. You know what I mean? So um, I definitely want to pay homage. But in terms of the camps and the recognition and things, seeing that that's that that excites me because, crea- you know, anything that I can do or, you know, uh, make connections with for um, young men and young women to fulfill their dreams um, is what it's all about to me. You know, it's, I, I, when I moved here, I was a pretty good athlete, but you know, I didn't have the opportunities um, because I moved here late. I moved here my junior year in high school, so I didn't have that pathway. So once I got settled into my mode of, you know, seeing that pathway and making those connectors for other, I just knew that that's what, you know, was supposed to be. And, and, you know, coach brought up some good points there about your connections. What do you, what's your first coaching connection? Who's the first coach that you remember kind of touching? And as far as really feeling them understand that they have the most importance for you, because as a young athlete, you know, the talents there from what everybody might talk, but to know where it all feeds from and, and who that first coach impression is, who would that be for you? Coach Mitch, rest in peace, Coach Mitch. But that was like the guy who told me, listen, this is what you need to be doing. And when he passed, Coach Latrell kind of just, he kind of just came over. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know Coach Latrell could hoop, so I still talk about it to this day. But I'm like, Coach Latrell came in and he changed my life completely. Him, Coach Tucker, like he said, Coach Crandall, all of them. But yeah. Well, and I I mean, obviously, you say Coach Latrell, you're not the first on the show to mm-hmm. say Coach Latrell. Uh, obviously, Coach Latrell has a son now playing for Alabama, an SEC team, taking it to the other level after not just playing at Cal State Fullerton as a freshman and sophomore, but showing and putting Omaha on a map and not being afraid. You see those basketball players around you, ahead of you. What is it like seeing some of those people from Omaha being able to go out of town but not forget where they started. No, I'm pr- I'm super proud of them. Like I've watched college basketball faithfully, especially when it's a hometown kid. Knowing them like my whole life, the knowing the organizations they come from, it's good to see. But it's motivation too, knowing that they're from the same part of Omaha as me, and they're doing it, so I can do the same thing they do. Now, of course, when it comes to you know that that switching the gears from your middle school, what was the biggest thing that you felt like you had to adjust right away to be playing at that level, like at the the camp that you went to and being able to play there what did you feel you had to make your number one change to my mentality the way I thought like I I I could say I didn't really take it serious like I was taking it for fun I didn't really care about a trainer like it was just for fun and I kind of had to think like if this is what I want to do and I want to make a living for myself off of this sport then I need to change the way I think I need to become more focused I need to do the little things starting in the morning simple things like that and then my guy coach Hep coming around and 
helping me with that kind of like the training sessions we do now and what he talks about on social media. He says some real stuff. Well, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Obviously, Coach Hebron, you're hearing an athlete that had a call out for didn't know what the call out is. How did those conversations start with you and some people in your organization with these kids to have them understand? Because, yes, she has a, a father that was an athlete and that that could. But sometimes it's that outside push that gets them to understand, okay, dad and, and them are at home ain't just saying it to saying it. We got to show we believe it. Indeed. And and I'd be quite honest, I deal with that same thing, you know, uh, with my sons uh, when they were in high school and telling them something and, you know, me just being dad versus, you know, them hearing it from someone else, you know, and then it really starts to resonate. And to me, it's about the message. It's not about the messenger you know, uh, and it's the messenger picking it up and running with it, you know. So to me, that's what matters. Um, I get uh, messages in my inbox all the time from people that want to take those next steps, um, whether it's parents, you know, whether it's other coaches or just me seeing somebody in the gym and just walking up to them, you know. So those are really those connecting points to be able to see, okay, this is what your goal is. And here is the difference between where your goal is and where you're at right now. And, you know, just if, if for any youth, any young man, young woman that are uh, willing to and wanting to uh, get to that point, you know, just want to probably try to be that bridge to help connect it. And when you think of all these bridges and these connections that obviously you're slowly making, what's the biggest thing that you would suggest to anybody that is coming up that might have a little pressure from mom and dad, but understand that, it's not in a bad way. How how did you get over that hump to understand that what they were they were getting you to was just for the best of you? You gotta want to do it. Like people can talk to you. I mean, I can have Coach Hep in my ear. My parents and my tell me like, "This is what you gotta do." But you don't want to do it, then what's the point? Like it's something you gotta want to do. You gotta be willing to put in the work. You gotta be willing to do this, do that, just so you can do it. Like, well, and it's it's funny that you brought this up because obviously we talk a little. You know, the best part is just. Getting to know the the interviewee just a little bit more. We talked about some other athletes coming up with you. You we brought up Amira Bynum over at Omaha Brian. What's your thoughts of how his growth was? Because you said he was not the basketball side. He was joking, he was playing, and now he's up on the level like just like yourself of gonna have to make a big decision for a big college, but it's all because the mindset changed for him. What was that like to see even your your fellow? basketball players coming up through that i mean using amari as an example he was like i said it's just you gotta want to do it like if you don't want to do it then it's pointless like i can go to the gym and you or they can go to the gym you can train every day you can train seven days a week you can do this you can change your eating habits all this stuff but if you don't want to do it then what's the point so when you say wanting to do it what's what's your your drive who's the one that that pushes you the hardest what makes you want it besides Yes, there's job. Yes, there's something. What what's the the ultimate goal for it? Um, at the end of the day, it's myself. Like I can say, I push myself. I want to be the best me. Like that's how I think. I remind myself every day. I look in the mirror and tell myself, be the best you today. Like do something to become one percent better than what you were yesterday. So I push myself every day. But yeah, I have mom, dad, you know, coach Mitch, coach Hip, all my all my friends, family around me. But I gotta want to do it at the end of the day. <laughs> Now, of course, you get to high school. What was that transition from being in those things, and and how did it compare when you're going to high school? What was your first thoughts going into high school? Um, honestly, I had to learn how to like slow down and become more poised. I was so used to going a thousand percent, like with everything I do in the game, like just 
I didn't really think. Like I, I had to actually slow down, think, listen, learn from my teammates. Um, that thing had to be a sponge at that point. Like I couldn't be the one constantly saying this dude is dude. I had to be a sponge and listen. That was my biggest thing. When you hear a leader like this talk about being a sponge and not always about influencing in the other way, Coach Hep, what's some things that you tell these kids to get them to? Because what I'm guessing, I'm I've never seen her play AAU basketball except for whatever people have posted. She's the fat, could be the fastest if she wanted to, could be the one down and back. But if she's not in control and she doesn't know what's going on, all that's out the window. That's right. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest thing that resonated from what she said is um, leaders have to first follow, you know, and um, that's what prepared her, you know, ultimately, because if she had continued to resist that and continue to want to go down her own path, then it's not likely that she would have had the same success until she was ready to to absorb that. So that's the first thing is the leadership. And, you know, the other components of it, I think, is just the uh, the desire, the determination. You know, the one thing that we always, uh, you know, talked about initially was game speed reps, game speed reps, you know, going through it. Yes, you can go through the motion and you can have the technique down, but if it's not game speed, then it's not applicable to not where you're at currently, but to that next level. And, you know, one of the biggest things in terms of what I go through in terms of um, preparing um, uh, workout sessions is what does she need for the next level? Not for here, you know, not to win state, you know, not to uh, be all state, but for the next level so that she's prepared for that and to walk in into a seamless, as seamless of a transition as it is. Well, I, I like that you're bringing up facts of a future. You know, you're you're planting in these young athletes the understanding of, yes, it's a team game. You want to succeed as a team. But if you can't get me right, the team doesn't matter. When you look at your team aspect and having to dial in yourself, what was that transition like for you to be like, I have to be a leader, but also be able to guide these, my teammates to understand that I could be the one trusted. I could be the one that can do that. No, it was a challenge at first. Like my freshman year, I had a lot of seniors. I had all the other class and I Webb, Wayne, all of them. So kind of just learning off of them. Like I couldn't really come in. Like I had high standards for myself off rip. I came in thinking, oh yeah, we going to stay, we win and stay, we doing this. Not thinking realistically, like it's a process. It's not just a cakewalk. Oh yeah, I could have six, five on my roster. That don't mean nothing, obviously. But I mean, I just had to learn from them and pick up what they were doing. And then when they left, now it's my turn to feed into my juniors and my freshmen, sophomores, so on. When you talk about athletes growing up, what's some of the lady female athletes in the area that you really looked up to and felt like those are some of the people that you want to role model after compared to the ones that are just like you've probably said in your time, just coming out to play basketball to play, not to really show that they can be the one. I just look stretch. Dariana Lewis, that's my dog. And I still talk to her to this day. She she's going to keep it real with you. And she's going to tell you the good and bad of this basketball stuff like she broke down her entire process to me and told me the good and bad and she didn't leave out of detail so watching her go through it with all her problems she faced and her still being able to come out on top is dope to have her in my corner well you might not have known or seen but that was one that we interviewed a couple months ago before she took that trip to puerto rico and one of the things that was said was uh, syracuse writers wrote it not any of us they said she is the dennis rodman of the college basketball and when you see someone that you follow i mean i had my wife watch it and the only thing that my wife ever said never met her and she goes i just want to watch her play 
I just want to watch her play. Goes down to Puerto Rico, makes a name for herself, and still continues to show where she's from. But her tracks weren't easy. She tried to go where she thought she wanted to go. She tried to go where her heart took her to go. But she got real, like you said, in her in her process and found out that the only way you're going to get seen is you have to go to D1 school here or there. What does that mean to you in your process as you were going through just the process of looking at all these schools? Um, I mean, I think Stretch on the regular for honestly telling me, like, it's not just going to be a cakewalk. Like, it's all fun and games, you know, picking up the scholarships and the recruiting process and all of this stuff. But it's not always easy. Like, it's not easy at the end of the day. So... Having her, like, kind of prepare me for what's next, it's a blessing for sure. When you look at the student-athlete part, how do you distinguish and keep yourself on the right track to get the grades to play at a D1 school? I mean, I just you just stay on top of it. I mean, that's just my biggest thing. You know, I take time to study um, academic coaching, all those things. I mean, I, 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 me personally, I can't bring myself to even step foot on the court if, I, if my grades aren't right. I mean, my priorities would be messed up then because at the end of the day, I'm not even going to be able to get there if I don't get this done. So once I handle that, then I go on the court. Coach Hepburn, of course, in, in Nebraska Hoops Elite, you guys take on a lot of athletes at different levels of high school. And what I mean by that, you don't know what their background is. You don't know what their schooling is. You don't know what their rapport is with coaches. What does it mean when you have students that you're trying to help? How do you use the examples of whether it is a girl or a guy that's in your program that you could show as examples of a, of a path and of maybe they could be the role model for that freshman that's coming up. You know, how do you use those, those athletes to guide? Absolutely. Uh, I just brag on, you know, the accomplishments, but not just brag on the accomplishments of athletes who have obtained it or are in the process of obtaining it, but also try to uh, bring that narrative back to them at their personal level as well too. So they can see that path because a lot of times what happens is emotions or um, uh, experiences get in the way and they block the pathway for, you know, other athletes who might not feel that they have that same connectability, even though they have the skill set and they know that they have the skill set, there might be some trepidation. You know, they may be intimidated by the unknown. There's a lot of things and variables that play into that. So just trying to remove some of those emotional barriers, some of the baggage that they've had in terms of trauma or whatever they face um, and, and, and get them to understand that that is something that is applicable for them. And not only that, but if they put the time in, then it's not only uh, uh, deserved, but it's earned. And that's the process. Yeah. And, and I think getting, as you guys are growing the program, um, both on the female and, and the male side, I, I think it's just getting these people to understand that the process is not the same for everybody, but we're going to give you all the stepping stones to get there. And we have people that have been through the, the, the program, not just because they were paying, it isn't like they're out here going, oh, but I'm just going to give my money. They knew where the resources were. When you think of resources growing up, what was some of the things so far in your four years of high school that you really either took for granted or that you really took advantage of when it came to resources? I must say, Coach Trail, he always emphasized, like, going to AAU tournaments and stuff like that. Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so you can't take advantage of it. So i probably say I soaked in as much as I could all throughout high school. Like, I didn't take a game for granted, especially this last summer is when it really set in. Like, that last tournament, I gave it my all every single game because I knew it was my last go-around. 
And when you look back at what do you think is your biggest hurdle that you had to overcome to get to where you are today when it comes to basketball? Um, blocking out noise. Uh, you know how easy it is to let social media influence you. And I, to this day, I go on social media detox. Like I'll delete every single social media for, could just be a day, could be a week, could be however long, but you have to block out noise. Because if I listen to everything everybody said, I'd be a completely different person. And when you say about this social media, what what do you remember? Was there any guidance that was given to you from either family members or even other players that might have helped you on that? Because everybody likes the fame until the fame isn't the fame no more and it's one bad post or someone talks about you. No, I'd probably say my parents. They kind of instilled that in me in a young age. Like my mom, um, even though we're in different fields, like social media is still big. So... She always told me, like, once you put it on there, it's up there forever. So, like, be smart about what you post. Like, take a break from social media if needed. My dad, he's like, I don't care about social media. You don't need it either. I I tell people all the time, if it wasn't for what I do, trust me, I don't like spending the hours that we do to put in to hope for the results that we continue to grow. And for me, it's obviously um, whether it's promoting a young athlete at a sport, maybe they're not getting the exposure that they deserve or whether it's just given a story like yourself where there's struggles that you might go through and maybe one athlete can connect to it. One person can find the guidance of something coach Hep said, or a parent. I feel like parents, you get so caught up in hoping that you're going to, your son or your daughter is going to do exactly what they saw there. And instead, sometimes you have to venture out. And, and I mean, I don't have to lie. I use coach Hep for a real thing. I'm like, Hey, reach out to my son, see where he's at for this year, you know? And because once you find those connections, don't lose them because they can connect to kids or they can connect. So obviously the connection for you guys is your girls coming back, giving back. Have you thought about that throughout the summer and all that? What does it mean to give back to the Nebraska Hoops Elite? I can't wait until I can come back from college and go out of time with the girls. Stretch did it. I mean, Dariana did it. Uh, Coach Trail's daughter did it. Even a couple other NHC alumni. They would literally take the time out of their weekend or weeks to come to Arkansas with us, like, and just be there. I can't wait. Like, I've always been looking forward to it. I can't wait till I can get it on the side. <laughs> Coach Jones up here. All right, so recruiting process. What was that like for you? What were some of the things that you really were – very hype on you loved it and what was maybe something that maybe some people you could overlook and not do again if it came to recruiting with me i think my recruiting process it was i mean i'm pretty sure it's like this for everybody but it was like i had a lot of learning to do because like i said i didn't take sports serious until around the time because you were no offer eighth grade going into high school so at that point i'm like oh snap like it's real i wasn't used to a grown woman grown man calling my phone like hey what's, what's going on so i was like what's up with this but i mean it was a fun process. Like the biggest thing that that got to me was some coaches not really wanting a relationship with you. It was strictly just wanting you for sports. Like, and that stood out to me. We didn't like some schools I talked to. We didn't even talk about academics or what's next when the ball stops bouncing. It was strictly, oh, I want you to come in and do this and do that. Like that wasn't for me. So I knew the coaches who actually cared about simple things like, hey, how's the family doing or how's school going. That's coaches that I like. Well, Coach Hep, she's she brought up something big there. Eighth grade getting offers. I've I've had the Fountain brothers. I don't know if you know them. They're out of Norris. Two baseball brothers that have committed to D one at, at eighth grade. Uh, Kel actually is about to go play LSU. 
Um, so it isn't like these small teams, you know, but hearing that as eighth grade, what was like even just that process and coach, what would you have thought had your sons? And I'm not saying they did or didn't, but eighth grade, I mean, you're, you're barely even thinking about past the happy meal that you just had to eat for dinner. Cause we're on the road, mom, we're on the road. Let's go. You know? Like what, I mean, just here in eighth grade, what do you think it would be like for those decisions? Cause obviously that isn't what you're thinking about. You're thinking about just going with the, with, with your friends and you're thinking about what TV show I'm going to watch when I get home, exactly. you know? And, and you know, that was the biggest thing. And you know, uh, Chucky received his first after ninth grade. So, you know, a little bit of a difference, but not much. And no. so, you know, uh, the biggest thing to me is um, enjoy it you earned it, you know what I mean? Celebrate that, you know, and we did, we celebrated it. Um, but now push it off to the side and let's continue to work because at the end of the day, if you don't work, you know, uh, academically, if you don't work, you know, on your skill, if you don't continue to work on your character, you know, the type of leadership skills that you have, that one offer can go away and no more can come. So you want to make sure that you continue that trend and that path, you know, of doing those things that brought that and that will bring others as well too. So, you know, we're just gonna put that on the wall. And my whole thing with them, with my sons is that I make the decision on where you're going to high school at, um, because, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that process, you know, what your environment's gonna be like, what the academic process is gonna be like, things that they're not ready for. What just support looking, will they have? What support will they have? Absolutely, yeah. you know? So they're not looking at those decisions. So that's why it was my responsibility. But by the time they've gone through that process, um, they're gonna be prepared to make their decision of where they go to college as a, as a young man. And that's what my process was is was for my sons. And, you know, to me, I think that's what, it's a, it's a thorough process to where whether a young man or a young woman is going through and making that decision they know where it is, what things that they're looking for and what do you do you remember much about that like how your parents responded and what 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 that first oh, yeah, i remember i remember vividly so it was like one of my first practices probably and i go home and my coach chose like i on this zoom call with me not knowing who it was with. <laughs> and i look and it's coach banks i'm like oh hey coach and we're just talking and Hot up the phone and coach Trey takes me like, do you know she just offered you? I say no. So I called her. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. That's so, all right. So, so I call her back. I'm like, you just offered her? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's nice. So we get on the phone, you know, tears of joy. And yeah. like you said, we celebrated, but then we knew it's go time. Like, mm -hmm. it's time to focus. Like, it's getting real. Like, somebody, like, that was, that's why I always, I, I, I thank Coach Banks too, because she, like, actually made me realize it was possible at that point. Like, Oh, it's real. Like I can really do this. So why not go for more? Well, and I'm glad that you brought up that about Coach Banks because obviously everybody's like, "Well, you're going to Bradley. Mm -hmm. You're not staying home." Yeah. It's not a matter of she didn't do her due diligence and didn't make you feel at home. You made it plain and simple. You didn't want to go here because you want to go. You want to go. What was that like when you finally made that decision? That hey, I I appreciate it, Coach Banks but I want to go. Was that, I mean, cause I'm guaranteeing she probably is still in your ear until you are for sure signed, sealed, deliver out of this state. Uh, you know, it's crazy. So it was random. Um, she called me one day and I was in high V and she kind of just kept it real. Like, listen to me. I know what you want. Just, just tell me straight up. Like, is this what you want? I'm like, yeah. She was like, well, I'll help you reach out to other schools. Like that's how real she is. And that's why I thank her. Like she wasn't mad whatsoever. And, we didn't really talk much after that, but she had 
kind of had that conversation with me months prior to me even making my decision. Like she knew off rip, like I didn't want to stay home, but she was like, I'm still going to support you. That's why I appreciate her. And that's great to hear from these local schools because they have had a bad rap. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they've done good, done bad. I don't know. None of us are always behind those doors. It's rumors here, rumors there. But when someone can lay a track like that of saying, I'm telling you right now, she knew my decision before I knew my decision. You make that decision for Bradley. What was that like just even having that conversation with yourself and your parents? What was the first thing that you remember from your parents when you decided that's where you wanted to go? We kind of knew. Um, like, even though Bradley was my first official visit, so I ended up taking three in total. And I kind of knew after the first one, like the way I clicked with the team, but I was always like, I'm going to stay open, go to these other schools. And I went and I appreciate them too. Like, it was fun. It, it, came, it became a hard decision after the visits, but I kind of sat down and thought like, I know where I want to be. Like, it's obvious. I trust the coaches. I trust what they're building. I trust the players. I trust the other recruits in the 2024 class so let's do it let's and my parents were like all right like they let it up they left it up to me coach hep from when you played sports to when your kids were going through recruiting what was some of the changes that you had to go through from the player to the parent and what's some of the things that you remember going through just the decision making with with your kids on that i think the biggest uh change for me is um, the recruitment process going through the athlete as opposed to through the parent, you know, um, that's something I really had to adjust to. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of took offense to it at first and then, you know, I just got accustomed to it as the process went on. Um, um, but um, outside of that, um, as a as an athlete, you know, I think some of the biggest changes, you know, that I've seen um, is just the the opportunities that are available you know the exposure um that's available you know and the um the the um the platforms all those things are huge you know and it gives so much opportunity uh for our young athletes now to really step in and you know fulfill the dreams that they want to be able to do so do you remember, did Bradley Coach let you know when the first time they saw you? Was it at AAU? Was it high school? I only ask because, of course, you got parents that question, how much AAU do I put my kid through? So um, it's crazy how, how that panned out. Um, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he had hit my coach up. So Coach Ali was one of the coaches at Bradley. He was down here for somebody else, and we happened to have open gym. It wasn't even season yet. And God called them like, Hey, come check this kid out. So he comes in the gym, and I kid you not, I had no idea who he was. I didn't even speak because I didn't. I'm like, who is this guy? Huge <laughs> guy. He's tall. He's probably like six four. I'm like, who is this dude in the gym? So I'm just playing, and honestly, I probably wasn't taking it serious. But it was like it was like six of us. So um, fast forward about a week later, I get on the phone with both of them because uh, the head coach and the assistant coach are married. Get on the phone and they offer me. I'm like, oh snap, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it feels more genuine though right mm -hmm. when you didn't show to show right you got to just be yourself it's those little things that make it more feel at home when you choose bradley what was the biggest attraction to bradley for you and what, what was the the thing that was like this is home this is where i want to be um home away from home feel and they kept it real like the people around me and and that's why my circle isn't so big now like the people around me they're gonna keep it real with me tell me right from right wrong from wrong and that's what they did off rip. Like they kept it real about everything, like with the players, with themselves, with what they're trying to build versus how they were in the past. And I trusted it. Like 
I'm always up for a challenge. So when they told me, listen, we're in the rebuilding process and this is what we're trying to do, I said, that's all you had to say because I'm with it. Like, let's do this. I'm glad that you brought that up. Coach, obviously you see enough athletes that feel like they have to go to that one school. Maybe it turns out right, maybe it doesn't. I think I think a good example here even is Hunter going to Gonzaga. Great school. Absolutely. Up there in the top 5 in in hoops. But it's not home. It's not where you find yourself. It's not who who you end up being and now look at him down at Wake Forest just going to town and I'm sorry NCAA you are in for it for Man, these kids. Say something. <laughs> you know, but like you're seeing these kids go through this process where you, you got to help them choose home over a name over on the back over the fact that so-and-so said you ain't going to nebraska chucky i mean how many times did you hear that through the process i mean you you hear just here at home and you have to really hone these kids to understand it's all about whatever you feel in that heart that's exactly right exactly right you know and i think that um the biggest thing i think for for that process is to be able to to understand and know what it is that you're looking for right um, the other element I think that's involved in it is being able to decipher what the coach is telling you, because at the end of the day, you know, they're selling you on something and you, every, have to every it. coach has to sell they, something, they have to sell it, they have to sell it. And so you have to determine, you know, uh, the authenticity of it, um, how it relates to you and, you know, what it looks like for your experience. Because I think that a lot of kids get in situations where they're told certain things, you know, um, and they go and find out that that's not what it is. You know, the other layer of it is that, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we go in with expectations um, that may not be there as well. And we have to be able to earn it. And that's the one thing that, you know, I always, you know, uh, preaches, you know, earn it, go through it, earn it, you know, uh, compete. And if it's not the right opportunity or situation, then, you know, you can recalibrate at that time. Three years down, one to go. What's the thing that you've accomplished so far in your three years of high school, and what's the one that you're hoping to finish off with? Making it to state was something I was proud of, but I couldn't really celebrate it because we didn't win, so that's the main goal now. Like, I'm on a mission. That's, that's it. That's all. Was there anything that you would say, I think, I think sacrifice is a hard word to use. Mm -hmm. You might not know that it's sacrifice, because it's what you want to do. It's in your blood. It's what you got to do. What's some things that you feel like you have to make bigger decisions on that some of your peers are afraid of? My social life. I can't, everybody can't be around and that's just what it is. So, uh, I mean, that was probably my biggest thing. People I've grown up with forever and seeing the difference versus where I want to be versus they're okay with being mediocre. I'm not. So my biggest sacrifice was tightening up my circle. <laughs> Coach Hep, that's a strong word mm. from someone that's still about to graduate. When 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 you hear athletes find their calling as a senior or a junior, and they're really starting to hone in on that, how do you help as a coach? And 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 how does the atmosphere that even just Nebraska hoops, I think, provides for these athletes just to have that outlet? Because they got to feel like they're not alone. They got to feel like the social group that they're getting is the closer people that have the same goals, because that's gotta be the best part about doing the AAU. You ain't just playing with central kids and nothing against your school or nothing against any of them, but everybody that's on that, that Nebraska hoops wants to be there. They want to be where you want to be. 
What's that? What's that like, Kev? You know, um, it's 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 beautiful to see it because that maturation process um, setting in early, you know, is is critical and it helps navigate that process, you know, of um, going from, you know, this is a, a dream to this is a goal to this is my reality to this is my life, you know, and that four tiered that four layered uh, process um, is is wonderful to see uh, because to be at the end at the end of the day, we have a lot of adults that you know don't go through that maturation process, you know, and I see that on a daily basis just with my job, you know, just walking through society, you know, um, so many people with either fears, doubts, um, you know, resistance, reluctance, whatever it may be, don't internalize with that depth. So to see it, you know, uh, take root and and you know such a young but old soul, you know, <laughs> um, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing to me. So, of course, we have to ask, what is it that you're going to leave as a legacy for Central? And what is the one thing that you feel like is just going to roll so easy when you go to Bradley? Um, Honestly, I, I want to come back a lot. Like, like we talked about that. I want to come back and, like, prime example, Martise Ivy. Um, <sighs> my freshman, I want to say every year so far, she's came in at least once and kind of told us about it, like, what what she believes that we're capable of. So my biggest thing that I want to leave behind is knowing all the players, like telling them you have to buy in to what Central is trying to build. Like Central is known as Champ High. So I think as Central being Central, our, our standards are already higher than more OPS schools. So if you buy in, because I trust Cooper, I trust the Central, um, you know, sports department. And if you buy into what they're trying to do, Central can change the game. That's for sure. We saw it with football. We saw it with, obviously, there's a big change in the female basketball realms. What's the game that you're looking forward to this year and that you already circled? Um, I'd probably say that Bill West game. Just, I like, I like what Bill, Bill West, like, they, they bring out another side of us. Like, they push us. Like, we have no choice but to be on our A game because if we're not, they're going to stump us through the mud. So, that's the game that I really want to get to. I think that's going to test us this year, like, I know people don't expect us to be as good as I believe we're going to be, strictly off of last year. We have a lot to prove, and I think that's the game that's going to that's going to be a statement game. Well, Coach Hepp, she brought up a good thing there about OPS schools. Mm. It's not easy at a lot of these schools. How do you find that basketball is a different sport when it comes to the OPS? Because when it comes to football, they're having troubles. Basketball, they're just finding those realms. How is these teams finding to a way? Is it because of the five people that you need compared to 22 that you need for, for a sport like football and what's keeping them competitive? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest difference um, uh, outside of the socioeconomical um, um, advantages or disadvantages that are there, I think that the support um, emotionally and the support uh, in terms of guidance are the two biggest things that I see in terms of what propels or what can hinder, you know, athletes. All right. I have to ask if there was a sport that you could play besides basketball and you could be the star of it. Was there a sport growing up that you'd much rather do? Football. Just football? Just if the boys wasn't so big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I love to play football. I tell my dad, like, if they brought female like football into high school, I would play. I would have played in a heartbeat. Mm. 
Now, did you did you do any track? Did you do any of that stuff growing up? I went to one track practice and I never went back. (laughs) What was what what was that turnaround like? It wasn't for me. Like I couldn't I couldn't gut other people being thirty times faster than me. I thought I was so fast, and and this was just a warm up. (laughs) This was the warm up, and I'm coming to last. I said, nope, it's not for me. Well, I greatly appreciate your time and obviously your story. It's obviously going to go far between the Nebraska Hoops elite. It's going to go hard for Central. When you look across the board and you look across the teams, what's the one thing that you feel like your team's going to bring different this year to possibly get you that opportunity that you're looking for in a state championship? Uh, I think we're going to bring a different energy. Like you can, it's it's little things right now, like. How our practices are going is different than what I've seen in my other three years. Our energy is going to be completely different, and I think that's going to stand out. Um, we trust each other way more. Having this time together and and our, our juniors kind of knowing, like, this is the senior's last go-around. They're willing to buy into what we're trying to give to them. And, yeah, I think he's got to be ready. And as far as college, of course, it's mm-hmm. hard to say what Bradley's going to get mm-hmm. because there's going to be a lot of development through this, this winter. Mm-hmm. But what's the number one thing that the 2024 class is going to bring to Bradley next year and, and is really the selling point of why you're going there? Honestly, I think, I don't, like, I'd probably say we all have our own little things that we bring in. Like, we got a shooter, we got a big, and then we got me kind of like a bully. So <laughs> everybody got their own little parts that they're going to bring in. I think it's all going to come together in the end. Well, Coach Hep, I greatly appreciate your time. What is the biggest thing, obviously, coming from when you see athletes like Miss Jones here representing the Nebraska Hoops Elite, not just on the the male side, but you got females that are coming through and giving back to the program? And and what's the biggest change that's going on with the Nebraska Elite? Yeah, so uh, first layer of it, um, it's beautiful to see. Um, I see uh, uh, an evolution in girls and women's basketball that's happening before our eyes. And I don't know, you know, how many people really notice, take notice of that, but I'm telling you the things that are happening right now um, are they're, they're, they're tremendous. And, you know, uh, whatever little role and part that I can play in it, you know, in terms of development, uh, in terms of encouragement, whatever it is, I'm, I'm 10 toes in it. And in terms of um, Nebraska hoops elite, um, you know, uh, Last year was our first year on the boys side. Um, well, our, our first rekindled year, I should say, because, you know, on the uh, we, we started this years ago and uh, uh, Latrell and, you know, uh, Rochelle and Kelvin continued to, you know, go through that process on the girls side. And, you know, I saw a pathway this year to move beyond every youth can excel and make that the overarching organization and, um, you know, put a label on, you know, uh, a, an East Omaha and an Eastern Nebraska opportunity for athletes to come in and compete with one another at an elite level. And that's what we're looking for for NHE. Um, we've got a lot of things uh, tucked up the sleeve coming for this year that uh, I'm ready to uh, unroll like a, a red carpet. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to uh, we're going to start some trends. I think that's going to create a shift that AAU desperately desperately needs and you know um obviously you know we're kind of a couple of years at, at advanced in uh planning right now i'm doing some planning for 2025 2026 um so things will constantly change but i'm hoping that other organizations will see the things that we're doing and how they benefit youth 
um, and not necessarily the adults. Um, more <laughs> Amen. So than anything. Take some of that adult uh, part out <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah. indeed, indeed. Because that's what we're here for at the end of the day. It's about youth dreams and anybody that's willing to, um, you know, uh, take advantage of youth dreams is probably in the wrong field. Maybe they should be accounting or something. You know, I gotta feed off of that. NAT is probably one of the most genuine programs that I've ever been around. Like, if you're looking for a family field, like I promise mm. you, you can. I promise you, I kid you not. You can kick it with anybody from the NAT uh, staff on the boys and girls sides outside, and you wouldn't even like basketball wouldn't even come past. It's like family, and it's crazy to me how slept on the organization is. If we're being honest, because. It's so real. Like, you don't, you don't find it no better than that. No shots to any other programs. I salute sure. what they're doing, but what NAT is doing, that's a real family. I'm glad you bring that up. What's the number one memory that you have from your AAU mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to make sure that uh, the future sees that this is something to come back to? The 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 change from when I was playing with class of 2022 to now. Like, simple things like the the tournaments we started to go through being in the elite 40 thing like it's crazy the amount of doors that open up just from walking into a gym the relationships you you build with people it's crazy like i can call somebody up from utah right now like that's how it is though and it's crazy like i would have never imagined i was so used to just going up to the iowa field house getting a couple <laughs> buckets and going on my way but now i'm all the way in florida at the biggest arena and it's like whoa like this is real I think the best part of the AAU is is showing these kids that outside of your area, these kids are just like you. They're on the same grind. They're trying to do the same thing. You're going to play hard, but then you're going to recognize game, recognize game. Right. I don't care what anybody That's says. Right. That's right. And it's contagious. When they see you do things, they want to be a part of it. So it's a good thing that you're obviously bringing that part up because no matter what, an adult, a parent, and I, I know you're getting to be a young adult. No matter what we say, the real is what matters. And what you say about a program is what will generate more people to understand that these organizations are easy to find if you go looking, but you also have to do your homework. Look at some of the people that have gone through. Look at the the players. They're going to tell you. They're not going to hold it back because they want people to succeed just like themselves. And if it's but also remember, you've probably had a few. I know you've had a few. Not every coach is for every player. Right. And right. it's okay to be that way. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the number one thing. Coach Hub, we'll get you out of here on this. Like, how is it to get these parents just to understand that it's okay that I'm not the guy for your kid? And and don't I don't I don't want you to feel any hard for me, but I also don't need it. And you know, it's gotta be the hardest conversation. It is. It is. You know, and um, it's it's hard. Uh, it's a dual role in terms of, you know, the difficult the degree of difficulties with it, because um, you want to be able to provide as much as you can for as many people as you can, you know. And so the acceptance of the fact that you don't you're not able to do that for one reason, whether it's developmentally, whether it's exposure, whether it's, you know, organizationally, you know, you can't meet those goals. That's difficult for you as a coach, as a program director to be able to accept that. But then for the uh, for the parents, you know, as well, too, every day parents want what their kids want, you know, and there are some that, you know, maybe wanted a little more, you know, and I tell parents that you maybe you need to check that check engine light on your kid and see because the motor's not functioning properly, you know, so there's opportunities to be able to do that. But, you know, that you have to be able to understand that, you know, that what you want for your child or what your child may want 
is not necessarily attainable in all regards. And that's a life experience that you have to take and continue to move forward with it. So that's a huge component to me. And uh, I think moving forward with NHE, I think that the biggest things for us is that uh, we've always been about development. We've always been about creating culture that is a family-based environment. Um, and uh, moving forward from here, now we have the opportunity for exposure. And, you know, there's a there's been a hierarchy system, especially on the boys' side. I think on the girls' side, it's kind of been there too, but there's just been more layers of opportunity. Um, but now that uh, the exposure uh, opportunity is there, you know, we can create a path for young athletes to not only be developed, not only, you know, be cultured properly, you know, and uh, everything that, comes from within the home foundation be manifested but now we have the opportunity for exposure too and that's the biggest thing that i'm excited about for the boys and girls just the fact that there's these opportunities and more keep brewing you guys went from obviously i mean you had just the nike now there's the adidas now there's the puma i mean the opportunities are growing in your time We've obviously talked about everything so great. We'll get you out of here on this. There's always one thing that might have been a struggle as you were growing up. What would what would you consider it being for yourself that you had to overcome that not just, you know, some people take it for granted? Was there um, anything coming up, like whether it's a part of your game, whether it's part of your mental, whether what is that mental reset? What are some of those things that maybe someone could just take a piece of what you learned to better yourself on that. I mean, just aside from sports, it's the people around you. Like, it's so easy to be influenced, especially growing up in my generation. It's easy to get influenced. So, I mean, you just got to pray you have that one person in your corner who's going to tell you right from wrong and like, listen. But at the end of the day, we're old enough to know we ain't got no business doing that, so don't do it. Like, simple as that. So it's just not being easily influenced then. Doing what's right at the end of the day. Just do what's right. It's okay to have fun and do what you do, but just do what's right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you, once again, you listen to this episode and you didn't get a little piece of Man. information, I'm sorry, but make sure to subscribe down below. It's easy. Hit that check mark. Yes, okay. Let other people know, because this is Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha, and we're Heard At Productions. We'll see you next time. A Heard at Sports Network production.